We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode number 134, and in honor of NHL training camp starting, we are bringing in one of the minds behind the Blue Jackets' incredible show, Behind the Battle. It's Jonathan DeMuth. We're going to talk about the show. We're going to talk about the Blue Jackets and so much more. Plus, we're going to celebrate the AL Central champion, Cleveland Guardians. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns and so much more. So coming up the driveway... Unfold your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join for Garage. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 134 of the Garage Beers podcast. It's Tuesday nights here on the OBR streaming network, and you know that means it's time to get into all kinds of stuff on Garage Beers, not the least of which are the beers. Joining you, as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike, and you see him over there on the east side of Cleveland, wafting. He's wafting. He's smelling. He's wafting. It's my buddy. Find him online at Garage Beers Chad, or as you see down there, at CBJ, 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 CBJ. It's Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Hi, Mike. Hi. Ooh, hi. Hey, uh, I, I don't really mean to start this podcast out on a somber note, but yeah, I, need you do. To, I need to send some thoughts and prayers out tonight. Uh. I'd like to send out some thoughts and prayers to uh, Trent Sherfield's beehole. God uh, damn it. No, I damn it. What? I thought you were going to be serious for a minute and you're the worst. I am serious, man. I mean, there's many things I want to do with my life, Mike, but uh, uh, taking an NFL football to the poop shoot from Thomas Morstead, an NFL punter, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just not on my list. I, I know it's Tuesday, but he still can't be comfortable because that thing was, I mean, jammed. Right up there, like Thomas Morstead got in a full swing with his leg and just and just boom. Yeah, I, I feel bad. So thoughts and prayers to Trent Sherfield. I hope you're recovering nicely, buddy. We're supposed to save those things for our three cheers of the week. Oh, We're well, let's to save those things for. Our three I, I mean, I wasn't going to cheers Trent Sherfield's beehole. <laughs> the thoughts and prayers situation. <laughs> just a recovery. Oh God, I love just anytime anything in the NFL revolves around like the butt fumble or the butt punt or whatever. Yeah, it's what we're here for. It's what we are here for. It's why we exist as a podcast to talk about that stuff, right? And the sad thing is that's that's Trent Sherfield's only NFL moment right now. Like nobody, like like that's forever etched in history. Like I was the guy that took an NFL right football right in the ass. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Chad. I'm proud yeah. of you for bringing that up. Hey, listen, uh, we got a great episode coming up. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. 
Uh, like, for example, our buddy Super Surge, who's always here with us, and we love this guy. Super Surge, you're the best. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Are we going to talk brownies tonight? Yeah. You're going to have to wait till the end of the podcast, though. You're going to have to wait till the end of the podcast. Here we go, brownies. Coming up on the end of the podcast, we will, of course, talk about that. We also have an incredible celebration. Chad Meyer and I are going to celebrate the AL Central champion Cleveland Guardians. You know we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to have a party with that. We're going to have a party for that. But we've also got something really exciting going on because I don't know if you guys know this or not. We love hockey here on this podcast. And we love our family. And our family is the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we love the Blue Jackets. We've got a really awesome special guest that we're going to talk about because CBJ has opened up training camp. We have got hockey going on. And we're going to talk about, uh, well, what are the coolest things the Blue Jackets have going on with our special guest? We'll get to that in just a little bit. Hey, listen, uh, as part of the intro here, remember, get over and follow our socials at The Garage Beers on all the social media platforms. If you like adult men doing TikTok videos, boom, Garage oh. Beers on TikTok. And I'll be starting those back up if, if any CBJ people are watching. Just you wait. Get ready for, get ready for Blue Jackets after dark, baby. <laughs> I've been brainstorming my little my little took us off. Get and, the fun uh, dip ready, baby. I got something going. I love it. Uh, so make sure you're following the socials at the Garage Beers. And as always, we are brought to you here on the OBR Network. Uh, the OBR, the Orange and Brown Report. Uh, love them for letting us do what we do every Tuesday night, which is basically take them off the rails. The Garage Beers takes the OBR off the rails every Tuesday night. Otherwise, Monday nights, Wednesday nights, even Tuesday nights, <laughs> Thursday nights, Sundays during the, the football season, the absolute best Cleveland Browns coverage that you are going to get out there is on the OBR, the Orange and Brown Report, the original internet network of the Cleveland Browns. You do not want to miss what we've got going on with the OBR, so make sure you are following them as well. So yeah. now it's time. Oh, go ahead, Chad. You had something? No, no I was going to say, we are OBR after hours. We, we take them off the rails, man. I know the OBR. I know you guys that love the OBR, too. You love talking about the Browns. And it's the most in-depth Browns coverage you're going to get. Right. But on Tuesday nights, it's time to have a little fun. It's time to talk about everything else. Settle in, It's time baby. to talk about everything else. So, Settle yeah. in. Settle on in. Let's do OBR <laughs> after dark. Uh, all right. So now, without further ado, it's time to bring in our special guest because uh, he's going to join us for our Garage Beers of the Week. And we can't wait for that. And so let's bring him in right now. This man, uh, we got to meet him in person when we did our uh, Blue Jackets slash Garage Beers Day. Uh, which, again, my favorite part of that day was when the Blue Jackets posted it on Twitter, and then somebody goes, who are those guys? <laughs> and we went, yes, yes! We don't know either. We don't know either. <laughs> We've made it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, but this guy is a uh, video producer, editor, and he's one of the brains behind one of the coolest things that's going on uh, on social media and on online and on YouTube with the Columbus Blue Jackets. It is uh, the Behind the Battle Show, and it just came out tonight at 7 o'clock. The first episode of this season of Behind the Battle came out tonight at 7. I watched it right before we came on. It's If you like uh, building the Browns for the Browns, it's it's like that for the Blue Jackets. It's incredible. We're going to bring him in right now. It's Jonathan DeMuth. Jonathan, welcome into the Garage Beers podcast. What's up, boys? Thanks for having me. What's going on, man? Well, I'd like to send, uh, you know, you started with something somber, Chad. I'd like to also do something uh, and pass on. Uh, my condolences to Super Surge for pushing the Browns coverage to later in the episode. So apologies on my behalf. <laughs> somber, somber mood to start the podcast, man. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, hey, I figured if you were able to start that way, I'm able to continue that way. We'll have a nice theme going throughout the show. It'll be good. Rule of thumb, John. Rule of thumb. 
Is it John or Jonathan? Do you like John or Jonathan better? I'll go with Jonathan. My mom would prefer Jonathan, so so I, I prefer that, I guess. We are not making Mrs. DeMuth unhappy. Uh, we are going with Jonathan. Uh, rule of thumb, Jonathan, uh, we don't no. – it's not usually a good idea to follow Chad's lead. Like, it's just not usually – that's usually not a good idea. Come on. Come on. <laughs> if you want to bring the funny, you do. Let's go. <laughs> oh, there we go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get it going. Right. Listen, we are really excited to talk to you about uh, – an incredible that show that you have that really just pulls back the curtain on the operations and the life day in the life, basically of the Columbus blue jackets. Uh, and we're so yeah. excited to go over that with you uh, for behind the battle, but we can't do it before we, well, before we crack open some beer. So we start with our favorite segment of the week. And that segment is our garage beers of the week. You are our special guest, Jonathan. So we are going to let you crack this one off. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your garage beer of the week? Absolutely. My garage beer of the week. I'm, I'm a huge rogue brewery fan. Okay. So from Portland, love it a lot. Love dead guy. Love, uh, they have like a, a brown ale. That's really good. A brown nut ale, but, uh, I'm going to keep it festive. It's a little crisp out tonight. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to keep it festive with a little, uh, rogue pumpkin patch ale. Okay. <laughs> yes. Love it. I love this. So, you look just like you're ready to be at a pumpkin patch right now. That's sweet. I know. I mean, Pumpkin patches mean hockey season, so you know this is good for me. So I'm, I'm definitely into this. Yeah, those fall beers are hockey season. Is that uh, a high alcohol content uh, rogue there, Mr. DeMuth? I don't know. Uh, usually, I know the dead guys are. Let's see. Oh, 6.1. There we go. So, uh, it'll do so the you're going trick. a little bit higher. It's nothing crazy. You're not out of control with this one. Well, you have seven or eight of them. You'll be all right. Oh, Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, that's that nice. That, was oh, that always nice. sounds good, right? That was real nice. All right, we got the rogue going on there for Jonathan DeMuth. Uh, Chad, what about you? What are you drinking tonight? Well, when I first saw him, you know, the top of that can, I thought we were going to have a garage beers first and, like, have two people have the same beers on here. Whoa. Because, like, like, look. Look at this one, too. Oh, wait. I don't know if I can. Because there's that black. Oh, yeah. That's pretty pretty close. That's pretty close. But, uh, boys. It is a first for me. Uh, This is my first nitro beer. I'm at my first nitro beer ever. Let's go. It's uh, from our hand to yours. It's Left Hand Brewing Company. It is the Pumpkin Spice Latte Nitro. Oh, damn. Ooh la la. Coffee, yeah. That sounds fancy. So that'll go down. It'll be nice and smooth, right? That's what we're getting out of nitros. It's just like a nice, smooth drink. It is fantastic, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, though, Jonathan, yes, it's smooth. It takes some of the kick out of it. It's more, it's like a lighter beer that, that has the consistency of a Guinness, right? Yeah, and then I'm yeah, and then I'm gonna have to do rat laps around here because there's coffee in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Who needs sleep? Who needs sleep when you can drink beer and just be wound up? Screw I needed that in college. Oh God, <laughs> I no, didn't need that. I didn't need that in college. Twenty one, you can get up and recover oh, no. just fine. <laughs> Did not need that in college. Uh, listen, before I get to my garage beer of the week, if you're joining us live tonight, make sure you get in the comments. Whether you are on Twitch or on YouTube, uh, anywhere you're at, like our buddy Lil Boomer here who said. Yeah, you're drinking beer. Little Boomer's drinking beer. And look at what Little Boomer's doing. Drinking some Cannon Blast from BrewDog. That's not Miller Lite. Let's go. That's not Miller Lite, Boomer. That's not Miller Lite. What are you doing? Wow. It's. I mean, usually it's either Miller Lite or Mountain Dew. Tonight we're just. (laughs) No, it's all crafty tonight. Hey, Boomer, cheers, because I do love a good Cannon Blast myself. Yeah, yeah. Look at him stepping his game up. I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you for that, Boomer. Uh, if you're joining us in the comments live tonight, get in the comments. 
A, tell us what you're drinking. Let us know what your beer of the week is. And B, if you want to be involved in the conversation tonight, be like Boomer. Be like our buddy Super Surge. Get involved in the conversation. We'll pull you up. We'll bring you into the show. And uh, if you have questions or anything you want to talk about, we'll get you involved as well. Uh, so that's going to bring it over to me. And that takes me to my uh, my garage beer of the week. And this is out of Baltimore. It's out of Baltimore, Maryland. And it's from Heavy Seas Brewing, Heavy Seas Beer. And it is the Greater Pumpkin. Oh. Oh, there it is. It okay. is a uh, pumpkin ale brewed with pumpkin and spices aged in bourbon barrels. Jesus. That sounds so, amazing. So when we talked about alcohol content, let me find that on 12. here. 12.5. <laughs> I'm looking for it. It's like, it doesn't even, oh, 10. It's a 10. Oh, oh, there we it's go. Tenner. Okay. As fall approaches and thoughts turn to Halloween, we roll out the Greater Pumpkin. A copper ale with notes of vanilla, oak, pumpkin, and flavors of autumnal spice. All right, all right, all right. It's going to get you hammered. Look how, look how spooky that guy is. That guy's spooky right there. He's a spooky guy. Uh, let me taste it here. A little peek behind the curtain, because that's what I like to do all the time. A little peek behind the curtain. We did not preemptively discuss that we're all doing fall-themed beers, but I'm very happy we are. Yes. Jonathan, thank you for jumping in on that, man. We appreciate you for that. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, these I guys think I could have brought in the Miller Lite. Who knows? These guys know me, though. I am all about the. I'm I'm a seasonal beer guy for sure. Chad's a good seasonal beer guy. Big time. Uh, seasonal for me is IPA or stouts can be all seasons. Even summer, I will just crack a stout and enjoy the heck out of it. You are a. That is a bold move. You are. A uh, you know what? I'm a bold guy making bold moves. Uh, <laughs> Not really. But I also, you're just a moron. Uh, you are an <laughs> asshole. Uh, I also like the seasonals, especially when we get to pumpkin season. Let's go pumpkin me up. Let's get my fill of pumpkin until we get to Christmas and let's go to Christmas beers. That's I'm ready. for. Oh, we have, yeah, we have a local store here. I'm out in Pickerington. We just have this local store that just loads up. And that first time you walk in and you just see that huge display of all different pumpkin fall beers. It's just, it, it, there's no better feeling. Bring them all to me. Bring them all in. Yeah. Is there a brewery down in Columbus? Like, cause you know how Great Lakes has, like, you know, people just line up around the block for the first tap of the Christmas ale. Yeah. Really? Is there a brewery down in Columbus like that where people just line up for the first time, like a beer comes out? I mean, not not that I necessarily know of. I mean, you have the Great Lakes, you have Brew Dog, you have some good ones out there. Uh, they, they have a, especially Great Lakes has a really awesome strawberry festival in the summer, but as far as releases, I'm not sure. I'm sure they do, just nothing that I've personally been involved in. That's gotcha. Fair. I was That's just fair. curious because I was just curious because Great Lakes, the brewery up here, for that first yeah. tap Christmas ale cake, people literally are lined up for blocks. Six o'clock in the morning, they're out there ready to get the Christmas ales. <laughs> just to get the Christmas ale. I thought that was just a regular Cleveland thing. They're just ready right. to crack open at 6 a.m. anyway, right? True. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging one of our strong suits up here in Cleveland. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Thank no. You. Um, no, one of my uh, my favorite beer, I think, all time might be the Christmas Ale uh, yes. Great Lakes. It's just so good. It is so good. And it's just perfect the way they do it. It's almost time, Jonathan. It's almost time. Once oh. pumpkin beers are gone, I know. it's almost time. I know. Right around the corner. All right. We love talking beers. But now, now listen, those are our Garage Beers of the Week. We saw some of yours in the comments. Make sure you get in the comments and tell us more. But now it is time for us to get into episode number 134 of the Garage Beers podcast. So, guys, cheers to you. Cheers to the listeners. Cheers to those watching live. Let's talk about let's talk about Jonathan for a minute. So the first thing you said there, and we didn't know this about you, you're from Oregon? 
no, no, sorry. Oh, Rome, the beer. I, beer I thought you said, yeah, I know yeah. Rogue is, but I thought you said I'm from Oregon and that's why you brought on the Rogue. Okay, so are you like a local guy? Uh, I was, uh, I've moved around a lot in my life. I started my life, I was born in, in Painesville, so right outside of Cleveland. All right. Uh, but I had an interesting, yeah, I had an interesting upbringing with uh, uh, moving around like every couple of years. My dad worked for JCPenney as a manager. He'd be brought into old stores, new stores, yeah. build up management teams, move on. So I, I moved 13 times before oh. high school. Um, so all over the place, Ohio, Michigan, uh, New Jersey, and uh, yeah, just all over the place. Uh, and then eventually... My dad, when I was in high school, was like, you know what, maybe uh, wait until my, my son's out of high school and then, we'll, you know, you can move me, you can do whatever. But like my sister <laughs> and I just needed to be in one place for a little bit of time. And the summer, right after high school, immediately moved him out to D.C. Like it was it was almost like, cool, he's graduated. Great. You're gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. so kind of all over the place, but definitely uh, in Ohio and at heart. And, uh, you know, you know, I call it home. So. That's just not something you hear every day. Like, I bet you told your friends at school, they're like, oh, Army? Nope, JCPenney. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone always says. Everyone's like, you an Army, Brad? I'm like, JCPenney, Brad. Through and through. You guys, yeah. what kind of appliances you guys got? You guys need some appliances? Because I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet JCP discount. You let me know. <laughs> uh, so, Jonathan, man, we want to talk about we want to talk about the hot topic of the night in the Columbus Blue Jackets world. The hot topic of the night is this behind the battle. I, ignore the episode thing. I don't know if that's the right episode. I, I didn't look at the yes. episode, but just ignore that part. But behind the battle, yeah, cool right. logo. Sure. It's clean. It's crisp. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, and behind the battle came out tonight. Uh, so the involvement in behind the battle and the involvement in this idea to to it, it's becoming a thing that more and more teams are doing, whether it's uh, across all sports peeling back the curtain, right? And and I think you sure. have to give credit. You have to give credit to Hard Knocks, right? Like Hard Knocks kind of was that one of the first things to make it mainstream, really, to peel back the curtain and show you the inside of what's going on within the sports organization, what it's like, what it's like to cut players, what it's like to sign players and trade players and from their perspective and all that. Uh, and, and you guys got into that uh, a few years ago uh, down there with the Blue Jackets, just uh, just kind of talk about how Behind the Battle came to be and, and where the idea came from. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely Hard Knocks is a big inspiration. I'd say HBO 24-7 when they were doing like the Winter Classic shows mm -hmm. and stuff like that is a big inspiration. Um, there was a really good Amazon show last year, All or Nothing. I mean, they do it with, with uh, soccer and stuff every year, but definitely uh, they did it last year with the Toronto Maple Leafs where they chronicled their entire season. Really great show. Um, you know, and a bunch of other teams have done it too. The way we started off, so this is my fifth season with the team. It's my second season with the team full time. Uh, I came in uh, right when we were in like the midst of our insane, you know, constant playoff seasons. And, uh, and the first behind the battle that I was actually a part of, we did one based off of the Tampa Bay series uh, where we swept Tampa Bay. And uh, it was me and Tanner Smith, uh, who who's the old video guy for Columbus Blue Jackets, and he'd been doing it all season, and they had they had a show based around it, but it was a lot less than what it is now, where it's really kind of taken on the form of a television show, like a behind yeah. the scenes feel like that. Where before it was smaller, we'd have like little uh, snippets where it'd be like a five minute episode, 
and we just uh, see some of that stuff, uh, you know, just little things here and there throughout the season. Um, and last season when I was brought on full time, uh, my boss, Derek Dolly and I uh, just wanted to bring it back to more of a show, bring it back to full on content uh, to the point where we were following the team the entire season and not just, oh, here's a little cool thing. This is under the behind the battle umbrella. It's like, no, the behind the battle is chronicling the season. If you watch it from episode one to the last episode, you should be able to feel what that season was for our team. Uh, so last season, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, we had a really successful season in doing that. And, you know, it goes to management down because without them and their approval and, you know, even as far as, you know, you know, John Davidson, Yarmo Kekalina and Mike Priest, Catherine Dobbs, uh, Todd Chirac, uh, the people who really are able to approve and get us that access. Like, that's the thing. A lot of teams, even in the league now, especially the NHL, don't have anywhere close to that kind of access. Right. So the fact that we're able to have it uh, and are able to present something that, you know, hopefully the fans find in, engaging, exciting and fun and cool. Uh, that's, that's what it means to me. And the, the way I do the show personally and the way I want to run the show is it's like, I present things I want to see. Like if this, you know, just as a fan of the blue jackets, would I want to see this? And the answer to me is yes, but you know, but luckily, uh, for the most part, things that I've heard through other people is also that they've been excited and like to see it too. So, you know, it is it is really cool to be put in those situations and have those things where, you know, Yarmo's like, hey, you're allowed to sit in on free agency, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, where, where, which is insane. Like, to me, yeah. just even as a what? fan, I'm like, that's that's wild. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I, not, not even people from other professional teams get to do that. But, uh, yeah. But I, I think, given our experience with the Blue Jackets organization right now, I think I know the answer to this. But I, I got to ask it anyway. Uh, like, what, I mean, was, uh -oh. was there any pushback? Like, what what were the logistics like for putting this together? Because I mean, it's a it's 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 a lot of of content in you know shooting a team where, you know, yeah. like you said, not a lot of teams get access to. So I mean, what's was was there any pushback? And how tough were the logistics of this all? Uh, pushback in what regard? By who? Do you, what do you mean? I mean, just, 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 just was. I, I would maybe not pushback, but was anybody skeptical? Like, uh, you know, maybe I, I don't know. Like, okay, you can, you can, you can, you can have access to free agency, but you can't come into the locker room at certain points, or like, you know, something, so you know, something like that. Yeah, nothing really, nothing really in in that vein. Um, I mean, a, a big part of a show like this, and it's something that. Uh, myself and my counterpart, uh, Donnie DiCaprio, who, do, who you know does what I do and, and is in the room and goes on road trips and shoots with the guys. And, you know, it's it's about developing the trust with the players. It's about developing the trust with the front office. You know, um, we, we have a really good, you know, approval process as well. And many people watch it, like Yarmo watches every episode before it goes out and stuff like that, nice. which, which is always exciting for me to hear because, I you know, yeah. I'm like, I like that he likes my work. That's that's nice to hear. Um, but but it is something where you know you, there's a lot of vulnerable moments and things that we capture with guys uh, just on the road or whatever. Where it's they they really have to trust us and trust that we're going to present them in the best light that we can, and also you know you know trust us and not just giving us the generic answers you see in a press conference. You know when I'm sitting yeah. down with someone like I. Last year, I remember sitting down, having a really good conversation with Boone Jenner just about when he was becoming captain and uh, yeah. 
you know, we went to his house and I'm sitting in his living room and it's like, that's trust, you know, being able to open himself up and not give me the canned answers that he's used to giving every reporter that comes in and talks to him. Like, you know, that kind of stuff, I, I think has been really nice about this process and, and also showing the guys and the guys watching the shows and them being like, Oh, I really am excited and happy with what you did with our stuff. It turned out really well. Yeah, I, can see, I can just see Yarmo sitting back, cracking open a long drink, <laughs> just just having a nice a nice couple long drinks, watching the battle, being like, "I look good in that episode. I look, I look real good, good there." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. But that, that's the cool part of it. That's definitely one of the cool parts about the process. Like, you know, like you said, that's trust. You know, because especially NHL players, NHL players, especially in the media, in the public eye, are naturally kind of stoic. Like they they don't you know. Yeah. Like you, you don't tend to see a lot of personality out, but like to get something like this, man, it's, it's really cool. I mean, that's the other thing. And about being on the road and stuff like that is what I want to get out of most of these episodes is to show the people, the people behind the people, like everyone knows the press conference guys, everyone knows the guys on the ice. Like it really is my, my goal out of all of this is just trying to show people that they are humans. They, they do, you know, they, they do feel bad after losses. They do feel good after yes. wins, but also they do mess with each other because yeah. when you break it down at the end of the day and you really think about it, I know we see sports figures on a high pedestal and they, you know, to me, it's funny. I, I you know, I'm getting older now, but I remember growing up and always like looking up like all oh, those hockey players, like those guys. Yeah. And I still feel that way around them, but I'm also like, oh, but you know, you think of like a Cole Sillinger, I'm like, He's a kid. Like he's, you know, yes. he, he's 19. He's a man, but he's also, you know, he's figuring out his way through life. And it's, it's not just, oh, Cole Sillinger, the hockey player, this or that. It's like, no, Cole Sillinger, the human. And I want to show you that. Yeah. You know, I, like, we did a nice segment last year with uh, Eric Robinson. It was maybe one of my favorite yes. ones. Just out of something he mentioned at like car wash day where he was like, oh, I can solve a Rubik's cube in two minutes, which he just did it as this throwaway thing. And immediately <laughs> yeah. I was like, somebody I, get I, a I camera, a somebody get a camera. Cube. Yeah, <laughs> I bought a Rubik's cube. I had uh, I had it. I, I put it in his locker, uh, you know, his, his equipment locker. And I put a note on it that said, I hope you can still do this because we're going to shoot this segment. And, you know, and he just he just saw me in the hallway later and just laughed. But. You know, it was one of my favorite segments yeah. of the year. Like, very interesting stuff, a very nice conversation that you wouldn't just have gotten, you know, from press or anything. So, when anytime we get any kind of stuff with like that and can present the guys as the guys they are, because right now we have an awesome room, an awesome locker room. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, nice cohesive feel. Uh, it's, it's nice to show people that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, what you just said resonated with us because it's a lot of what we try to do on this show when we get when we get uh, athletes on, whether it be Cleveland athletes or Ohio State athletes or former athletes or Blue Jackets players or whatever. It's about <laughs> telling your story. It's about having fun and, and, and kind of talking about that. And, 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 uh, and that's how you make a good name. So I love that. Uh, you talked a lot about this guy that we have on the screen here and Yarmo, and you talked a lot about your approval process. Uh, how many times? How many times, how many times do you shoot something and they're like, nope, <laughs> nope, you're not doing that. That's not going to happen. Or do you try to shoot something and they're like, you're not coming in this room? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I've, we've never had any issues with that. Uh, but, but I will say, uh, coming from a TV background, so I, I lived 11 years of my life in New York City uh, as an editor, as a producer. 
and we would submit rough cuts and we would get you know nine ten pages of notes that you go through and they're just like the most ridiculous notes sometimes you're like all right whatever you know you go through the list you're like okay 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 whatever they want whatever they want and i would say out of we had 10 episodes last year so we had eight actual season episodes and we had two specials which uh one was an all-star one and one was a rick nash uh one just you know celebrating yeah. retiring his number and everything and just kind of doing like a a career chronicle and uh i would say if i were to put all the notes that they actually gave me for that show it'd probably be like a page and a half total for the entire season double space oh, like wow. it was <laughs> double space you know huge margins huge margins yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh where we're that's i think that also goes to show where i think the first episode of last year which included like torts goodbye the offseason stuff from that yeah. larson being hired jd coming back um and the draft you know also kibby you know like like that kind of stuff yeah. i think everyone watching that first episode that was the bar that was the bar that i had to be like this is the show i want to produce this is the show i want people to see now this is my version what do you think and it got amazing reviews across the board everyone was happy and they're like continue doing this and we'll be fine like <laughs> uh so so the thing is is very little pushback i mean it, it, there's minor things now and again where you're like oh yeah i never thought about that and it could be related to the team and just you know make sure you know make sure x y and z right whatever um but for me it's it's I, i've had pretty much you know uh Art, artistic freedom with what we present and that's been really cool yeah that's and cool. uh again i've never never been called up uh to the proverbial principal's office to <laughs> get a talking to or anything like that now uh you know uh, do you guys take turns when you go out and film these different things like uh you know or do you draw you know do you draw straws for like maybe the more boring things because i watched <laughs> the first episode tonight and i looked at those amateur scouting meetings and it was cool it was very cool but like as a <laughs> As a person who's run a camera before myself, I, I just thought, man, those scouting meetings had to be hours. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this about the scouting meetings. One, when you're in the room and, and being able to see that stuff, it's very cool. Yeah, like, yeah 100%. You know, these, these guys being on the road as long as they are throughout the year and what they compile and what they bring back to a room. Like the meetings last, the amateur meetings lasted three full days. Uh, and, and then they had two more days of like, uh, of like free agency meetings at the end of that week. Um, but you, you know, it's, you're literally seeing someone explain their case for why this, why these people should be on our team, uh, what they noticed or, or if someone who was fantastic the year before, maybe if they've fallen off or if they've gotten better or this or that, and then you have all the scouts kind of collectively, you know, talk about why their guy should be placed in what order and how they do that. Like it's, it's, it's like watching, uh, in, insane masters math, you know, where it's just like, they're, you know, like a beautiful mind stuff where we're, it's really cool. The thing that's tough about that is when you're in the room, they may say all these things about all these guys and it all sounds good, but at the end of the day, you don't know who they're picking. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. So for me too, who don't, who doesn't know any of the players they're talking about, or at least very few of them, um, you're kind of like trying your best to follow along, but you're also there all day. And then you go to the draft. So like basically with, with the episode that just came out, I didn't look at that footage again until after the draft. 
because then I can watch it with yeah. the eyes of knowing these are the guys we got. Yeah. Sure. These are ways to, you know, to see that, pull those for us for archival purposes in the future and, you know, for whoever becomes whoever in the league. And uh, then just trying to really break down uh, the rest of it and how, how it can flow and how it can work. And, and also, you know, hopefully, you know, I mean, there's, as my kind of mind, there's something super entertaining about those meetings when there's just 18 people around the table. And, you know, some people might be like, oh, I don't like this guy. Or people are like, I love this guy. And it's just, so it's very exciting. Are they long days? Yeah. Um, but again, as just so, so like a, a documentary guy and a behind the scenes right. guy and a sports right. nut, it's like, yeah. it's, it, you really don't feel it. You don't, you don't feel that. And until you're going back through and you're like, oh, when did they talk about so-and-so? And I'm trying to get my stuff, you know what I mean? So. Uh, this is yeah. This is where like I, this is where I appreciate. Uh, this is where I appreciate you like your professionalism because I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I'm thinking like, all right, if I'm in this three day long scout meeting, there's no chance my smart ass mouth wouldn't be like, you think that about that guy, idiot? Like you're way wrong on that. <laughs> and right. they would remove me immediately. Immediately remove me from those meetings. <laughs> I mean, I will say it does come down to that moment though where I'm like. I have nothing to say because I don't know anything about like half the guys that they're talking about, you know, but with that being said, you know, there are the guys you do know and too, but I, I, I respect where I am. I, I don't expect any of these guys to be like, well, you know what you should do with your show. And I don't expect them to have me say, Hey, any thing about my opinion about who yeah. they should drink. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Yarmo just goes, John, what, Jonathan, what do you think? John, real quick, real quick. Uh, what do you like about uh, this guy uh, <laughs> yeah. from, from middle of nowhere, Finland? What do you think about this guy? <laughs> Uh, if he's from Finland and I was being asked by Yarmo, I'd say he's fantastic. Yeah. Give me a long drink and let's draft this guy. Let's <laughs> well, go. Yeah. First rounder. Let's hit, the, let's hit the saunas. Let's have a good time. Speaking say. of that, we're going to Finland this year and that's also exciting. I, I know so we're cool. waiting. We're still waiting on our invite. So was, we're waiting. Mm -hmm. we're, we're waiting on the chartered plane. It's ride. weird. I heard they were in the mail, but you know, mail's weird these days. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yarmo. Damn postal service. Yarmo, you know, let's have a talk. <laughs> My sauna has gotten up to a cool 800 degrees. <laughs> And uh, I, 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 we'll wait till it snows so we can do the whole, you know, run out in the snow thing and come back in. But yeah. Oh, man, uh, that's the best way to do it, man. You got to, yeah. you know, get the system working cold and hot, cold yeah. and hot. Right, right, right. So, Jonathan, let's talk about this offseason and what it means sure. for you, because this offseason has been firework laden, right? Uh, just fireworks yeah. everywhere uh, between. Did something happen? I don't even know. You tell me. Listen, they redid the locker rooms. They redid some of the facilities. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so that's, that's all I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking Those are the fireworks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, listen, listen, there's a lot of exciting stuff. First of all, first of all, the way the Blue Jackets season went last year, national expectations. Yep. We've asked this a hundred times and, and we even asked it to Yarmo here on the podcast. And he, and he was like, well, that was, those weren't our expectations. Well, of course not, obviously. But national expectations for the Blue Jackets last year were that they weren't going to be any good. And in fact, they were like one of the first couple teams out of the playoffs. Like they had a pretty good year for what they had a young, inexperienced, whatever team. Right. So yeah. emotions are good after that year, even though they didn't make the playoffs, people are feeling pretty good about where the blue jackets are going and, and watching some of those young guys make plays. Right. So then the blue jackets come out and they make a couple moves. They bring in a defenseman. Everything's looking okay. And then, boom, all of a sudden, all of our phones light up at the same time. All of our phones light up with the Blue Jackets are bringing in Johnny Gaudreau. 
I think my exact quote to my friend was, holy shit, they got him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for you, Mission accomplished. Yeah. But for you and your job, though, like when you see that coming through, however it comes through, immediately are you just like, oh, yeah, let's go. Like content city, let's do this. I mean, you definitely get that excitement. I, in the moment, it's one of those things too, right? It's in the moment where it's a fluid thing until you know you don't know. Um, right. You know, I was I was in the same boat as a lot of the other guys where it's like, you know, what, what kind of play is this? Like, is he really interested? Like, you know, you, you're going off of what you hear from the agents and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's it, it's exciting. But once it happens, yeah, you're you're like, Oh my God, we were just in the room when this monumental thing just happened for our team. And that's so exciting where, where in this scenario, you definitely know the significance of that moment because the thing I even loved about it too is when he was saying in the room, he was talking about, yeah, well, I was talking to Cam Atkinson. It just goes to show, you know, guys who aren't even here anymore, the love they still have for our city, the yeah. love that they, you know, that they're, they're like, no, I mean, Cam lives here still. So that that's exciting. But right. Goudreau, you know, made this decision on his own where he was like, no, after doing my research and what I want to do, this is where I want to go. And uh, yeah, you, you know, I guess the big, the bigger thing that's really exciting is to see the emotions of the guys in that room is seeing Yarmo excited, is seeing Josh, you know, excited and just being like, seeing them do their jobs. Like that's, that's the other thing. Usually it's behind closed doors. You don't see that happen. So to actually see them work is just awesome and impressive yeah. because it makes me think like, oh man, all the stuff they really have to consider when they do this stuff. And it's not, you know, Yarmo's mentioned this a bunch, but it, it, it's not for, you know, lack of heartache. Like, you know, even out of this amazing instance, you know, then you, you kind of have to get, you know, the cap in order and, and ship out someone like Bjorki, who yeah. everyone loves. Like, you know, Bjorkstrand is, was just an amazing dude too. And you know, that, those are the hard things that come with the job. So as exciting as it is, you also have those other moments where you're like, oh, well, this, this, is, this makes the story a little bit more somber. But, but again, the writing's on the wall with, with the Goudreau signing where it's like, I, I don't know what equates in our history to something like this. I don't know if anything does. It's, you know, Rick Nash going number one to us is a big moment. Moving up in the draft to acquire him, that was huge. This is huge. And it changes yeah. the complexion of what the team... Well, just not what's expected in our room, because I, I know what's expected in our room. And I know we want to be a team that's in the playoffs to have a chance to even, you know, just even be in, be in the talk to, to get a cup. Um, but it does sort of speed things up when it's like, you know, Johnny's not coming here to not go to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, he's, he's coming here because he wants to contend with this team. He sees the kind of team we have. We have young guys who are really good and we have a solid core and good vets, uh, you know, all over the place with Boone and Z, uh, you know, Voracek and, right. and all the other guys that are really building up that core and helping these younger guys along. Like, I, I think it's going to be a real exciting season. Yeah. You know, we even talked about Patty and, you know, another, another outstanding guy who, who also signed in this offseason. Just it's going to be I think it's going to be something special. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, Josh cracked me up in that clip, by the way. Like, he just, <laughs> like, you could just sense, you could just sense that he, like, was trying to keep his emotions in check. Like, he was trying to, like, not scream out for joy. Like, I feel like, and I feel like it would have been real high pitched, too. I do. Like, I feel like, real high. Like, 
I feel like he went into his office after like after meeting with those guys just by himself and just went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have one of those moments, right? I feel like I feel like Flinner actually Josh Flynn, for those who don't know, Flinner was one of like the real breakout stars of last season where like he got you know, you really got a feel for what he does. And uh it was exciting to see him do it. And uh yeah, I don't know. he's he's one guy I always I'm always entertained by when I'm in front of and, you know, filming him and watching him do what he does. Cause he does have a mind for all of those things, whether it's contracts or, yeah. or, or anything where, you know, extensions, like even going in the draft, like the, the amount of knowledge he has, like that he can calculate so quickly and just be like, Oh, this is your answer is, is mind blowing to me. I love that you guys, we had, we had Todd to rock on and uh, we were talking to him. The rock. He, he kind of explained to us the situation after the Gaudreau, the Gaudreau trade was made, how they called him. And the first question was, have you had a cocktail, any cocktails tonight? And I love the fact. So he explained that on our show. And then you guys released uh behind the battle episode, not long after that, that showed that moment. That was yeah. great. That was great to actually see that. Hey, Todd, you, uh, you've been drinking because <laughs> time to get to work. You're either Uber into the office or you're driving. One way or the other, we're writing some media releases. We're writing some press releases. Here. I, I wonder what would happen. Dude, I wonder what would happen if he was like, hell yeah, I have. I've had problems. <laughs> yeah. nah, he's a professional man. He would he would have gotten all the press releases out just perfectly no. anyway, no matter what. He's He's been in the game a long time. Todd, did you type a burp into the press release? How did that happen? <laughs> uh, all right. Some fun questions. Uh, sure. Which players try to get on camera as much as possible? And uh, just over the course of time for you doing behind the battle, which ones try to kind of run away from you a little bit? It's not that I know. And then he wants these to be quick. It, it's not that anything. It's okay. I, I just have guys who, who are more not, you know, just supernatural in front of the camera. So like Elvis is always supernatural in front yes. of the camera. Gabby's super uh, natural in front of the camera. Um, I don't think I've ever had any guys run away from the camera, but you know, every once in a while you get a guy giving you a glance who's like, really? And I'm like, just doing my job too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought Chad was frozen. So I was, I was going to let Chad talk, but I thought he was frozen. It's no, no, you had he might be frozen because it's cold on the back porch. Who knows? You had no. quick questions, so I was waiting for you to reel off the next one. No, Chad. Chad's got a natural body sweater as well, and it, so he's never cold. It's fine. It's. I'm talking about your back hair. It's he, fine. He doesn't, he doesn't know I'm hairy. It's. <laughs> it's well, he, he does now. Hey, Chad, back now. hair bros for life, man. Okay. Oh. 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 My man. My man. Oh. <laughs> the uh, struggle is real. We just became best friends. <laughs> uh. So listen, let's let's talk a minute about this team, this year's team, and and our buddy yeah. Duke Zuchango in the comments uh, went on to the Athletic, and the Athletic has the Blue Jackets finishing with a worse record than they did last year, which is wrong. Just that's wrong. That's not going to happen. That is wrong. It is a terrible assessment. I don't know who wrote that, and I don't know if they were maybe having a couple cocktails like Todd right before writing a press release, but Todd's way better at it. Uh, but let's I'm sure talk it wasn't about Aaron Portsline who wrote that. I'm sure that wasn't There's him. no chance. No chance. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this year's team, though, and, and mm -hmm. with the last couple minutes that we have with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, how exciting do you anticipate it being down at Nationwide Arena, knowing what this offseason has meant for this team, 
knowing what it means. Listen, I think you saw it. You've seen it from Yarmo. He's talked about it a ton. You see it from these fans, these people in our comments, these people in, in these other podcast comments. What it meant for one of the top players in the NHL who is not from here, who is not from Ohio or Columbus, who has no ties to this area or this region, you saw what it meant when Johnny Gaudreau said, I'm going to Columbus. That's where I want to be. It's one of the first times, it is the first time that a player of that caliber did that. Yeah. So the excitement, the buzz of that, it has not worn off. These people are pumped. You're down in Columbus. You're at the arena more than anything. You've seen what's going on with the beginning of training camp and fans have been let into a couple of sessions and all that stuff. Yeah. What's, what's the buzz? What's the feeling down there? Yeah. The excitement's real. Uh, I mean, I'll say it even from like the front office and everyone down, like you can, you can sense as soon as it happened, you know, people started walking in with the Vince McMahon walk, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we had, we had that swag going arms up high, everything going, uh, you know, it felt good. Uh, we know, we know Catherine is in the office and she said, uh, Dobsey said, uh, that you have to play no chance in hell when she walks into the office and she's going to Vince McMahon walk in. We know Dobsey real well. She and would she's crush it. That. Uh, but yeah, you know, you, you just have that, that feeling. It, it feels different. Um, you know, the other night, the other day, you said we had fans and we had fans come in for an open practice in the ice house and there was no room to stand like it was packed. We had yeah. we had a line around the building trying to get in. Uh, we had the first uh, preseason game a couple nights ago and, uh, you know, everyone just clamoring to get their first shot of seeing this new team on the ice. Like, you know, we had Goudreau, we had Gabranson, we had uh, yeah. Olivier, we had all of our new free agency signings playing and people were pumped for it, you know, seeing. The, just seeing a line, yeah, Jake bringing them up now. Jake was also there, and he, you know, it's just, it's a luxury to have someone like Jake, you know, as a compliment, you know, where normally he'd be the man. So, like, right. this team, anyone who's saying this is a last place team, and listen, I'll, I don't, I don't know what I can wager right now, but I can guarantee you they're definitely not going to be in last place at the end of the season. No. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. But again, that's also the excitement in me, where like, you know, I, I'm I'm coming in with some swag in my step and having a good time where I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm going into buildings. I'm like, yeah, I'm with the blue jackets. What do you want from me? I'm like, let's go. Just doing the doing the doing the McMahon. Just dangling yeah. those arms yeah. around. I love it. Although, I gotta be worried now when we go to Calgary. I'm just, you know, I gotta watch my step. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I gotta see how those fans react when we're actually there on the road. I mean, I think you know, there'll be there'll be the boobers out there, but again, I think yeah. For us, it's just exciting to enjoy that, and you yeah, know, but- and also to celebrate it. We want to be seen as a, a team. We're coming to your town. We want to be seen as oh, not the Blue Jackets. You know, we want that. We want that kind of vibe. We want them to be like this. Is going to be a tough game. This is going to be a, a grinding game, and it's not. It's you're not walking all over us. I don't think I, here- I, I, even even Calgary. Johnny Gaudreau's a likable dude. I saw a lot of people from Calgary that were like, yeah, we get it. Like, eh, it sucks, <laughs> but we get it. Like, first of all, that's that's Canada, right? Like, Johnny Gaudreau decides to leave the the Flames, and people in Canada are like, oh, sorry, eh? Oh, sorry, sorry it didn't work out for you, eh? But, like, they're just good people up there. But I don't know that there's going to be – it's going to be horrible for him coming back there. They, they, they're they smart hockey people. They kind of understood it. But 
Uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a phenomenal year. If you have not, uh, and again, a lot of people that watch or listen to us are from the Cleveland area, but we also have a ton of people down in Columbus area that love us. And we appreciate them for that. If, if you've not bought your tickets yet, if you've not been down to a blue jackets game, there's no better year to go. Get down there. Absolutely. Go not. to a blue jackets game. It yep. is a top level atmosphere. Uh, even in years, you know, last year was a crazy year, coaching turnover and young dudes, and you didn't know what to expect. That place, though, electric on a nightly basis. Electric yep. on a nightly basis. Nationwide Arena is an electric place to watch a hockey game. Uh, Jonathan, before we let you out of here real quick, sure. uh, what else can we look forward to on uh, on Behind the Battle this year? Oh, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, not much. It kind of gets dictated as the season goes. Uh, so at least in the second episode, kind of uh, continue our off-season storyline, especially with Goudreau arriving in Columbus for the first time. Uh, so we'll have some of that stuff. We'll have our the reveal of our of our locker room construction, uh, and then also camp, camp headshots, car wash day, like a lot of stuff that's been happening. And uh, you know, hopefully getting to le- be able to meet and learn some stuff about the new guys, um, but also hopefully be able to sprinkle in that flavor of getting to know the guys in general. Because again, that's 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 my ultimate job is I want you to see the people who are the guys that put on the pads and do the thing that you love to see. But again, it's my, it's my thing to you know show you those personalities because they have them and they're great. And like I said, I I even last year's room, I, I didn't you know I'm like nothing gets better than this room. And already the, with the way the room is now, <laughs> early this early in camp, I'm like, well, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, it's gonna. <laughs> It's going to be a good time and, and there's good people and we only added good people to the room. And I think that, you know, yeah. speaks to Yarmo and the moves he makes where he, know, he definitely looking into the character he's trying to bring into that room because he knows we have a really good one right now. So if he didn't think, even if Goudreau wanted to come here and he was a huge superstar and he wasn't going to be good for that room, he never would have brought him in. That's at least that's my belief. And that's my personal belief. I'm not saying it on behalf of the organization. That's just what I think. No, but, we asked uh, we asked Yarmo that. We asked Yarmo that yeah. question. How much how much does that matter? And he he talked about how much that mattered to him. So you're you're a thousand percent right. You're a thousand percent on that. Yeah. Uh, he's not gonna bring some guy in that's gonna mess with what they're doing and, and how they're creating the team. So uh yep. listen, Jonathan DeMuth, man, this has been fantastic. Your series uh behind the battle is absolutely spectacular. You and and the rest of the crew that works on that, uh, it is a glimpse into one of our favorite things that happens uh, every fall and every winter and into the spring. And that's Columbus blue jackets hockey. You guys do a phenomenal job with it. Uh, the, it is a top notch thing. The awards that you've won, uh, which I believe would be an Emmy. I believe <laughs> we did win an Emmy last year. Yeah. You're damn right. You did. Oh, not a big deal. <laughs> not a big, just not a big deal at all. No, it's a, very exciting. And then again, you know, it's not just me, just real quick, because I know you're, you no, guys no. got, you have a, you know, got to talk about the Browns and the Guardians, which is rightfully so. And also go Guardians. Love that. Let's go. So excited. Can't wait for playoff. Um, but I do want to say the guys that, that really put in the hours with me, especially Donnie DiCaprio alongside me, who really puts in a lot of the work, uh, Patrick Cantwell, who's our amazing graphic artist, Trob, she's David Trob. And then also Andy Hookman, like those guys, Derek Dolly, who who fights for all of our access and everything. Like those guys are really the core of this with me. And uh, the guys who who also deservedly won an Emmy with me and Marcus Stevenson as well, which you guys know. 
uh, you know, everyone in that department put together something special. So, you know, it may be, like, maybe my that, brain that cogs it together, but. Was that your uh, Emmy speech right there? Was that, did you? Just uh, it wasn't. Uh, you, you can, you can find that somewhere, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's really, really cool thing. And we've got a good group going right now. So. Did you get, you didn't get, you didn't get played out. Did you, you know how they like, <laughs> like go too long at the Emmy? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. The music started and I was like, and garage beers. And <laughs> oh, yes. Let's go. We and, love you for that. Uh, okay. Uh, no, no, no. Don't you play me out. <laughs> yeah, don't you do it. I've waited my whole life for this. Uh, no, listen. For real, though, the the acclaim, the accolades, the awards that you guys have won are well-deserved. Uh, again, we feel very lucky. We follow here very closely on the OBR, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Brown Show as well. Uh, and, and what you guys do is, is, is amazing. You deserve every bit of uh, credit and acclaim that you guys get because the show that you put on and the way you allow fans to experience the inside and get to know, again, it's the important thing for you guys, getting to know these guys, whether it's the GM or the coach or the players and the inside peak that you give at the organization, it's top notch. What you guys do is top notch and it's phenomenal. And Every time a new episode comes out, it's must-see TV for me and, and for a lot of people as well. So, Jonathan, congrats on everything. Thank you for everything that you do. Uh, and thank you for taking a little bit of time to join us to talk about Behind the Battle here on Garage Beers tonight. Of course. Thank you so much. Very humbling. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, come back anytime. You guys just let me know. I had a really good time. Oh, Sweet. you'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> All right, Sweet. man. We'll see you later. Have a good night. Appreciate all y'all. Take care. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. That's Jonathan DeMuth from the behind the battle, man. Just, yeah. I, I mean, man, yeah. man, I, I know I, I gave, you maybe think I was like sucking up to him or whatever. Just giving no, him that kind of dude. You are, you are. What that, what that show, that show is so good. Yeah, that it show is. is so good. Well, it is. And, and, and I mean, it, it shows like that that you know take take the athletes off the pedestals that that people put them on yeah and show them that they're you know that they're real people because before shows like that came out it was like people expected athletes to act a certain way you know people expected athletes yeah. to 
you know, to, to help athletes to a higher standard when really, you know, they're, they're just human beings. And, and it's, it's yes. so, so great to see the sides uh, of, of people like that. And, and yeah, just showing them having fun. I don't know. And just, yeah. Dude, just Chad, the highlight moments though, like, like that, I, I will never forget the scene of Yarmo getting whispered into his ear about the cam trade. Yeah. And, and the footage that they were able to pick up for that, like just stunning, just that to me was like a mind blowing episode of TV to just see that happen. Like, Oh shit, this is actually going to go down, but you could see it with the front office guys. Like, Oh shit, this is actually going to go down. You know what I mean? So to feel like you got to be able to watch and be a part of that, man, these guys, these guys are so good. They're so good. I'm so good at this. Any sports fanatic like that, any sports fanatic w- should appreciate that. Like with, with, with any team, just to see the inner workings. Cause for so many, yeah. for so long, I mean, I'm, I, it's a generalization. I'm just about to say here, but I'm willing to bet <laughs> m- like 95% of sports fans would love, would love to see something like that. How that goes. Yeah. Down. Like, Oh my God, how did they get Johnny to sign here? How did it happen? Like, and, and to get that inside information, that's, that's awesome, dude. Actually, I love the video when it was like, Johnny wants to come here. And they were all like, the fuck? What? <laughs> <laughs> you say to me right there? I mean, uh, I'm no. looking better than Calgary, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, Jonathan DeMuth, again, uh, big time guest, big time, a lot of fun. A guy we got to meet in person for about seven seconds when we were down doing our Garage Beers Day, which was a yeah. whirlwind. Uh, but we'll do that again. Uh, and nobody will still know who we are. But it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we will definitely be doing Blue Jacket stuff. And hey, listen. We are like a month away from Blue Jackets hockey. Like yep. we're there. It's there. We are there. Yeah. Uh, so get excited because it's going to be a great season down at Nationwide Arena. Uh, listen, now we're going to move on. It's time for us to bring it back to Northeast Ohio. And I'm just going to throw this up on the screen because you Cleveland Guardians, baby, are AL Central go! champions. Let's go. The, Chad, the run that they went on to win this division. Yeah is one of the most dominant things I have seen a team do in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. This wasn't, this was, I think when you describe the Guardians, you uh-huh. describe them as young and scrappy and hungry and they're in every game. They try to win every game. Every game matters to them. Right. You don't describe them necessarily as dominant. No. No. But these guys won like, I believe it was 18 games in 20, 18 out of 21 games. Right. Including... 10 out of 12 games against those division rivals that were right on their heels. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was dominant. It was dominant. The performance that these guys have put on over the last month is about as dominant as anything that you could possibly come up, come up with to run away. They were tied for first place in this division one month ago. Right. And they are winning the division. They won it by 10 games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really think that give, that uh, a lot of the credit um, goes to their approach, like, you know, for hitting the hitting coach. I can't remember his name right now. It's escaping me. Uh, but the, but the new hitting coach that has come in has has given these guys an approach to where it's they play such a frustrating but an incredible brand of baseball that you don't you don't really see often anymore. I mean, so much emphasis is put on the long ball now, but these guys, they barely strike out. The emphasis has just been about putting the ball in play. And these guys are fast. They manufacture runs. They, you know, yeah, sure, they do have some pop. But, you know, these guys aren't sitting back there looking to either strike out or hit one out. It, it's the, the approach that these guys have taken, especially with 16 rookies on the team. 
the control, the under control that these 16 rookies, the control that these 16 rookies have have shown throughout this season has been amazing. And it's paying off, man. It is it is really paying off. And that combined with the pitching coming around here at the end of the season. And and that's a it's and that's a perfect example. By the way, that pitching coming around is a perfect example of why you can why why I talked about it so many times on this show. And I'm gonna beat a dead horse here, but that you can never get too high or too low during a baseball season. You just enjoy the ride because there's gonna be so many ups and downs, and it's really all about how you're playing in August and September. If you're giving yourselves a chance in August and September, yeah, then you can get, you know, too high or too low. You but, know, man, oh man, this team the way this team came around, dude. Wow. Wow. You know what I, you know what else I love about them though, Chad? Tell me. Offensively, offensively we talked about they they're, they're non-dependent on the, on the long ball. They're non-dependent on Not the long ball. They got a couple guys. I think next year the long ball plays a little bit of a bigger part in their game. Not that I think they changed their game, but I, I think guys like like uh Oscar Gonzalez, like these guys are going to hit more long balls, uh, which I think will happen. Uh, But uh, it's like tonight's game. Tonight's game is a very good example of what I love about the Guardians. If you've got a one run lead on the Guardians going into the seventh, eighth or ninth inning, you're real uncomfortable, right? You're real. And it's not. It's not that they're going to long ball your ass out of the game. It's not like somebody's going to hit like a, a a grand slam, although that did happen uh, the other night with Stephen Kwan. Right. Uh, it's it's not that that you're worried about. It's the fact that if you let a guy get on base, they've got five or six guys in their starting lineup on a nightly basis where if you let them on first base, they're probably going to take second base. Sure. And when they take second base, they're probably going to get them over to third base because they are just adept at that, at manufacturing things. And then once they get to third base, somebody's going to bring them in, whether it's a sacrifice or whether it's a hit or whatever it is. The the This is the reason I love this team as much as I do is that this reminds me of the 2016 team. Sure. They had an identity of manufacturing runs. Sure, yeah. And that's what got them all the way to game seven of the World Series. And it almost won them the World Series. Right. But it they they got away from it a little bit in 2017. They went to long balls. They brought in Encarnacion. They brought in other players that were long ball hitters. And they weren't as good at manufacturing runs. But yeah. it's like when Tito gets a team that just is good at manufacturing runs, they're going to be contenders. Make no mistake about this. And I've been as hard on this team as anybody. I've been as hard on the payroll and the ownership and all that as anybody. But make no mistake about it. I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, but this Guardians team is a contender. No mistake about it. They are a contender. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the the way they're playing right now, again, with the way they're playing, going into the postseason and and playing the game of baseball right now. Yeah. I, I, how could you not say, I mean, this team, this with with as little, I will say this about the postseason, with as little experience that they do have in, in the postseason, I, I think this team could go to the World Series or they could get ousted in the first round. I don't know. But the fact that they're even here, uh, given the situation that they were in at the beginning of the year, is is amazing. It's amazing. I mean, you cannot be disappointed with this Guardian season. It was so fun. I, I'm going to tell you, man, Sunday – <laughs> the way this went down God, God, guys the way this whole thing went down is absurd yeah. yeah even when they left Chicago 
and you swept Chicago. And you felt like, yeah, that's the end of the White Sox. Like, the White Sox had to sweep the Guardians to really stay in contention. And instead, the Guardians go in and sweep Chicago. That was the end of the White Sox. But to go into the next series, remember that their magic number was five going into the next series. The White Sox get swept by the Tigers, which is atrocious. By the way, by the way, what was up with the no respect (laughs) <laughs> from the white, like AJ Pollock and Elvis Andrus have have nothing, have nothing to 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 say uh, about this about this about this team. I mean, Elvis Andrus, you were you were DFA'd, you were DFA'd, and then you got picked up by a White Sox team, and you're not going to have any respect. What are you doing? <laughs> well, you know what? I you know I, again, we talked. Uh, uh, we've got a couple buddies uh, with with Barstool Sports. And I talk about them all the time because I love that what they do in Barstool Chicago, but they've got a guy named White Sox Dave that he called him out on that. And I, I appreciated him for that. He was like, I don't know what these dudes are talking about. Like they have this entitlement that right. they're going to win. The Guardians came in and whooped our ass. And, and, and now some of the Guardians, like you saw it in these celebration oh, yeah. videos. Yeah. Did you see when when Clause was recording a video and people in the background were screaming, fuck the White Sox. Yeah. Well, he said it as a white, there's a White Sox fan. He said it. They deserved it. Right. You right. deserve the smoke that you're going to get because when you come out, first of all, when you are already in second place, they weren't even in first place when it happened. You're right. in second place and you're going to come out and talk shit. Right. To the first right. place team. Right. Oh, they're going to crumble. Yeah. Look at this. The, the comments. Look at Boomer. You could almost say the rivals crumbled. Yeah. How about right. Shooter McGavin? Chicago White Sox newest sponsorship, Crumble Cookies. Hey, you you did that to yourselves, White Sox. You did that shit to yourselves. Elvis right. Andrews, shut your mouth. Yeah. You did it to yourself. AJ, Nobody. AJ Pollock, shut your mouth. The only people that crumbled were the White Sox. Yeah. You crumbled. You did that. Ridiculous. That's that's absurd. <laughs> And and you know what? That's that's fuel to the fire for this Guardians team. And, and I got to tell you, Chad. Uh huh. Tell me. These teams got to be a little bit nervous about this Guardians team. Sure. Because the I think one of the most impressive things about this Guardians team is I don't know that I can point to anybody and say, well, they just played way above their head, mm. and yeah. they're never going to produce that again. And so this team's never going to who who. Austin, Austin Hedges was about right. They didn't play over there. He didn't play over his head. Nobody did. No, like I don't think Stephen Kwan did. No. Frankly, I think Stephen Kwan's going to get better. I mean, I, I think he's going to get better. This the, the funny thing. Here's what I mean by that. This was a guy in the minor leagues that played exactly the same way he played his first year in the majors. Sure. He doesn't strike out. He gets on base. He's a good contact player. Nobody, nobody, uh, uh. For, like, there's no reason to think he's going to, like, revert back to something that he wasn't before. Yeah. yeah. The the one guy that maybe played better than anybody thought he was going to was Andres Jimenez. But yeah. this is also, like, part of what we thought he could turn into. Sure. So I don't think any of these guys overplayed. I don't think any of these guys, I don't think there's any reason to think this team falls back into anything that's less than what they did this year. And this that makes you feel like for the next, I don't know, five or six years, this team's going to be right there every year. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, sure. Like, you know, like I said, sixteen rookies made their debut this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think they, it, it was just, they didn't really have anything to lose. You know, you just go out, you stay within yourself, and you play your game, and that's exactly what they did, and it led them to a Central Division title. So, I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say that that there's no reason to think that they're gonna revert back to anything in in the next five or six years because, again, baseball is a long season so you, you don't know you you don't know that but the future i mean certainly this uh certainly gives hope definitely for for years going forward but first things first we got the postseason to think about baby. yeah oh let's uh, I, I do want to talk about listen we we talked a little bit about po- p- potential postseason matchups sure. blue jays mariners uh uh tampa bay rays who they're playing tonight uh right now actually as we're speaking the guardians are tied with the Tampa Bay Rays four to four in the bottom of the 10th inning. Uh, Guardians have a runner on second base with one out and Luke Maley is up. Uh, so we'll see what happens in this game. But I do want to talk about two more things before we jump to the Browns. Okay. You, you got to give credit to Tito Francona and, and, and his greatness, right? Like that, that has to happen. That never, I mean, that should never be even a thing to talk about. That should just be something that's assumed. (laughs) I agree. Like, it's just, I I don't, I mean, if anybody says a bad word about Tito, like why, why, why you're an idiot? Like why that's not even a topic for discussion. Don't you say that? Yeah. And you don't, (laughs) you don't say that. Yeah. It's not, it's not even a topic for discussion. Like if you don't think that Tito is a hall of fame manager, something is wrong with you. Like you're high, you're smoking meth, you're doing bath salts. I don't know. <laughs> uh, don't eat somebody's face. No face eating. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So here's, here's where I'm at too, though. And I thought about this and listen, Chad, I've been as hard on this ownership group as anybody about what they spend and what they do. So. Deservedly so. But then I thought about, uh, let's skip away from the postseason for a minute. Okay. I don't know what they're going to do this postseason. Okay. This team could win the World Series. Okay. For sure. They could. Okay. But I go to the offseason, and then I think, what would I do to improve this Guardians team? And I don't know that there's a lot of moves to make. No. One, Luke Bailey can probably go, or Austin Hedges. I like both of those guys. One of them probably goes, and you bring Bo Naylor up from the minor leagues. Because yeah. he, dude, was a 2020 dude in AAA. Uh, so you bring Bo in to play with his brother. Okay. And then I look around and then I look around. We can have two of those motherfuckers on this. Let's go two of those motherfuckers. Uh, (laughs) then I look around. I'm good with Jose at third. Yeah. I'm very good with Ahmed Rosario. I mean, the dude has been so good for us. Yeah. Uh I'm good with him. He can just stay it short. Sure. I'm good with Andres at second, obviously. Yeah. I'm good with Naylor being the majority full-time first baseman. Sure. I'm good with Oscar Gonzalez. And I think Oscar Gonzalez is a dude that's going to come out next year and hit 25 to 30 home runs. Sure. So I'm great with that in the outfield. Obviously, I'm good with Quan in the outfield. Yeah. Sign him to a 10-year, $280 million contract right now. So Thanks. It, it, so it leaves me with Miles Straw, which if he's going to bat like eighth for us, I'm okay with my – or ninth. I'm okay with Miles Straw because he's excellent in center field. Like, I guess my point is, I don't know that there's anything that I'm looking for this team to, like, make a big splash and do. Your bullpen is the best bullpen bullpen in baseball already. 
You could probably bring in a middle reliever, and that's fine. Your starting pitchers have been phenomenal all year. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that's going to have questions. And and I don't think it's a matter of, like, who they're going to bring in. Well, I guess it is, but it's like, you know, can you – because Beaver's coming down to his last couple years of arbitration. So, I mean, I I think it's maybe working something out there. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, yeah, there's really not a whole lot. I'm telling you, I, at the beginning of the year, I thought, oh, God, we need we need outfielders. We need a first baseman. Sure. We need potentially a shortstop. We yeah. need we need all these positions. And now I'm at the end of the year. I'm like, I want Quan. I want Gonzalez. I yeah. want Ahmed and, and Andre Simonez. I want Naylor at first base. Sure. I want I want Bo Naylor at catcher. I don't think there's a lot this team has to do. And that there's. That is a very weird thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I feel like if they brought, like, look at this guy. Look at these two. Look at these two. Yeah, catcher, catcher is that only thing. Like, I mean, if Bo, if Bo can come up and produce like he did in AAA, then yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, catcher, like, you could, you could have a little bit better of a hitting catcher. That, that's also it. Like, it's just, it's just minor things. It's just minor things. Yeah, it, it is, uh, man, I just, I feel like this Guardians team is, as well set up for success for the next five years as any team in baseball. Yeah, agreed. And that is exciting. So, listen, that's your Cleveland Guardians. Guys like Josh Naylor in his Tampa Bay Lightning shirt. Sorry if you're a Blue Jackets fan. Guys like Josh Naylor, these guys are Central Division champions, and we're getting playoff baseball in Cleveland, and we're going to find out who they play. Again, right now, the Guardians still in the bottom of the 10th. There's two outs. There is a runner on third base, uh, so we'll see if the Guardians can get him in, uh, but we'll see what happens. So uh, let's move on. Last topic of the night, uh, one of the last topics of the night, the Cleveland Browns. Chad, yeah. it has been, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, two, it's been five days. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland Browns pretty much dominated the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say uh, for three of the four quarters, they did. They they, they dominated the Steelers. So I, I want to talk about something. I was listening to it all day today, but I, I want to bring this guy up right here. Yeah. The best the best QB sneaker in the history of football. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, t- Tom Brady. Nope, 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 nope. Come on. Tom Brady learned everything he knows from Jacoby Brissett when he was in New England, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looks like a guy that doesn't get out of his PJs. Like you see, like <laughs> you know, just wear sweatpants and a t-shirt <laughs> and, and, and a scully. So let's get to this first. We were, listen, we're not like super Browns insiders. We did get this question in the comments from Boomer, any miles Garrett update. So here's the miles Garrett update. Apparently it's a strain in his bicep, a strain in his pectoral. And he's got some lacerations from the, from the, from the accident. Right. Uh, but it also comes with the caveat that he is not by any stretch ruled out for Sunday's game. I, I'll so, tell you, I don't know if we were going to get to this or not, but I'll tell you what, if, if the witness, the eyewitness account is true, oh, he is really, really lucky that no other cars were involved in that crash. No, he is lucky. He, they're all like, no, first of all, forget about the other cars. He's very lucky to. Oh, to be alive. Yes, yes, yes. To be yes. where he's at. Yes, but I'm saying it could it could be it could have gone further were any co- yeah. cars involved. Yeah, that's fine. That's all well and good. Uh, yep. What I want to know about Miles Garrett is what does it do for his legacy if Miles Garrett 
rolls his Porsche like multiple times, uh-huh. and then six days later comes out and has six sacks <laughs> in a game. <laughs> like, like, what does that do for Miles Garrett's legacy? <laughs> oh, Greatest I, of all time, right there. Yeah, because he sets the Browns record and he has six sacks after a car accident. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's fucking Voltron. He can come out and be fine. Let's. He's Voltron. Anyways, go back, go back to, I love it. Uh, if that happens, build the statue. Yeah. Uh, listen, we got some things going on right now on the stream, like uh, JT Hollis, shout out to you for following what the OBR. We want to give you a shout out. How about Sammy PNO9? Shout out to you for following. Sammy uh, PNO9. So here's the comment. First of all, first of all, uh-huh. Jacoby Brissett is like number nine ranked obr in the league right yeah. now uh-huh uh the dude's been great yeah and yeah. he's he's got a full grasp of the offense sure so this was the conversation i heard all over sports radio today this yeah. is the conversation i heard people saying today so i want to know your thoughts i feel like i know where you're going with this what has to happen for you to like consider jacoby Brissett not replacing him when week 13 comes around Nothing. I mean, nothing. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess if he, I guess if he continues this level of play against the, 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 the better teams, once the competition levels up, sure. Then maybe I'll think about it. I, I sure. But no, I mean, J- Jacoby Brissett is, is, is one of the best backups in this league, but he is not your, he, he is not your starting quarterback. I, I get it. I get it though. I get the argument of why you would keep him in. But Deshaun Watson on the field is is one of the top five quarterbacks. <laughs> right, right. So it's it's your it, thank you, Jacoby, for what everything that you're doing. Uh, but week, <laughs> week thirteen, step aside. Okay, <laughs> week twelve, step aside. Okay, I I just sorry, sorry. I mean, and and if the, you know what, if Deshaun comes out and he can't figure it out in the first couple of weeks, maybe put Jacoby back in there. I don't know. I don't. Nah, know. no, no, no. But, but God, I was so I was so with you, Chad. I was so with you until you said that last statement. No, no. no. Listen, hey, 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 hey. No. Hold on. Let me finish. No, no. I burped. No. I'm not. No. Expect, I'm not expecting that to happen. So I, I, I thank you, Jacoby. But bye, bye. This is Deshaun Watson's team. Yeah. Period. End of story. Yeah, yeah. So Zook Zook Zuchango says this. How many W's does it take? None. Zero. None. It doesn't. None. He could have. If Jacoby Brissett goes undefeated from now until that Houston game when Deshaun Watson's eligible to come back, I am putting Deshaun Watson back in the game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. If Here's why. Because it's the Browns team that goes undefeated when that happens. Right. And I like Jacoby Brissett a lot. I like him a lot. He signed here. Right. Jacoby Brissett signed here to be the backup to Deshaun Watson. That's why he is here. Right. He knows that. There's no personal feelings there. There's no hurt feelings. Right. But if you inject a little truth serum into Jacoby Brissett and be like, who's better, you or Deshaun Watson? He's going to be like, you should play Deshaun. <laughs> like, yeah. You should put him in. Deshaun yeah. Watson is a player unlike anything the Browns have seen, maybe ever. Right. And he's just waiting in the wings. Right. And I know he hasn't played football in a couple of years, but 
when that dude is ready to come back, when the suspension is lifted and he's ready to come back, that dude is QB1 for yes. the next 10 years. Ever. He's QB1. Forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but no, honestly, I, I appreciate everything Jacoby is doing right now. I mean, Jacoby is yes. li- listening to Kevin Stefanski, unlike some other quarterbacks in the past. Um, uh, oh, co- who do you mean? Who do you mean? Who do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, unlike this guy. Uh, but no, wait, Chad. I want to pause here. I want to pause here. Okay. Because I don't give a shit. I'm what? taking my victory lap. Okay. okay. I'm taking my victory lap. Okay. On this dude right here. Okay. And it's not even so much about this guy. And I kind of, I, I almost feel a little bit bad about it. I almost feel a little bit bad about it. It's don't. not so much about this guy. Don't. It's about. All it's it's the Baker Bros, man. It's the Baker Bros. Yeah, I'm taking my victory lap because of the Baker Bros. Yeah, out of 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year in QBR, yeah, this guy ranks 33rd. Yep, <laughs> he's he's below the 32. 32 out of 33 out of 32. <laughs> he's been awful. And he's been having the same issues. Like, I mean, I, I wonder if DJ Moore's dad is putting out those highlights now. Do you see? Did you see yes. some online now? Or DJ Moore is wide ball. open? He cannot get the ball to his wide receivers. Yeah. Look at this last game that they won. The Panthers won the game. Right. Look at the last game. He yeah. threw a screen pass that a New Orleans defender missed a tackle on, and LaVisca Chenault took it 65 yards for a touchdown. Outside of that, Baker Mayfield was less than 50% passing for, like, I think maybe 100 yards. Yeah. Still in the game. The wrong move, Baker bros. Still think we made the wrong move. He's – I would take Jacoby Brissett all day, any day. Yeah. It's not yeah. even about Deshaun Watson at this point. No, it's not. You would ask me if I want Baker or Jacoby Brissett right now. I'll take Jacoby all day. Okay. Yeah. No, I believe you. Because – because you just said it. I believe because, it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> what this guy does, I, I he somehow elicits this feeling of hope. Like, I'm better than I am. Sure. He's not better than he is. And listen, I appreciate what he did here in Cleveland. Yeah. I'm not anti-Baker Mayfield. I am anti-Baker bros. I am anti-Baker bros. Yeah, same But here. I'm not anti-Baker Mayfield. He did lead us to the playoffs. That was great. Sure. But for everybody that's like, oh, he was the QB that led you to the playoffs after you went like 0-32 or whatever. That wasn't just him. No. It was the whole team. It was a new coach. It was everything that Un- fell into place. There, he, he elicits this hope because he has unwarranted confidence. He does. And that's one of the worst qualities to have in a person. It really is. Confidence that you shouldn't have. It really is. I mean, oh, well, and that's the thing is you, no, let me rephrase. You should be confident. If you're a professional athlete, you should be confident because you can't, you can't be, you can't cower. I mean, you, you, you have to at least put on the facade that you are confident in front of NFL coaches to get on the football field, but you also have to be humble, except coaching. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And here's the thing, Chad. As bad as he was last year, we were all still willing to give him a pass because he had an injured shoulder. Right, 
Right. And we were able, we were all willing to give him like, oh, you got an injured shoulder. You're fine. Right. What's the excuse now? Because he's worse this year than he was last year. It's nothing. There is no excuse. Through three games, he's worse than he was last year. <laughs> he's worse than he was with such a chip on his shoulder that it tore his labrum. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I needed I needed to take my victory lap. I know other people are trying to avoid it. Other people are like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna I'm doing it. Hey, I'm doing it. We deserve know. the victory lap. The the bottom line is this. What's worse? What's just as bad? I don't know if I'll say worse, but what's just as bad as not having your quarterback? Just as bad as not having your quarterback is being in quarterback limbo. You know, <laughs> is having a guy that you think might be your quarterback, but you're not sure. And he's not all that great, but you just kind of hope he is. And it never pans out. That's worse than not even having your quarterback. You know, it's going to be terrible for Baker bros. When he gets benched for Sam Darnold. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wait, hold on one more, one more. Uh, you know, who's better than Baker Mayfield. Oh no. The fifth round pick that we got for him. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that fifth round pick is. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm going victory lap all the way. Yeah. All the way. Sorry, Bake. Man, uh, you know you tried here, but it nah. Not not we do not miss you. Uh so real quick, let's talk about Chad. Uh before we get to the last segment, let's talk about this week. Yeah, sure. Uh Sunday, the Browns are going to Atlanta. Yeah. Mercedes Benz Stadium. Yep. And they are taking on one of the most incredible redemption stories in football, which is Cordero Patterson, who you see on the screen here. Yeah. A dude that was used hideously in Minnesota until Atlanta made him a running back, and now he averages like 140 yards a game. Uh, you're taking on Kyle Pitts, who still hasn't been good, but we'll figure that out. You're taking on Marcus Mariota. You're taking on not a very good defense. And you're taking out a team that just got its first win of the year in Seattle uh, by a close margin. Yeah. Chad, how are you feeling about this game? I'm feeling pretty good about this game. Hell uh, my, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this game. This is another game that you should win. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cordero Patterson, yeah, he's dangerous back there. But you know what? The Browns have been pretty good against the run. So, um, yeah, I, you know, do I have questions? How's, how's Jacob Phillips gonna, 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 wearing the green dot going to do? Uh, leading this defense and making the defensive calls. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But in general, the Browns have been good against the run. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, again, well, also, if Miles doesn't play, that could play a factor. But, you know, I, I, I just it, again, it's just I think the Browns, uh, the, I think the Atlanta, this Atlanta offense is not good enough to make enough plays to beat this Browns defense. And the Browns offense is obviously just rolling right now. Third in EPA, only behind Kansas City and Buffalo. Buffalo? I I want to say this, Chad. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you, you brought up the linebackers. Yeah, sure. And our, our buddy Brad Stainbrook and Lane Adkins, and they both talked about this in Rumor Central on our website uh, today. Uh, but I love this. Yeah, You're going to see a lot more Jacob Phillips. Mm -hmm. I think you're probably going to see JOK. I think he's fine. Yeah, I think he's good. Yep. But the other guy that they're going to put at linebacker uh -huh. is Grant Delpit. Nice. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, I love that idea. I yeah. love that. Grant is not a free safety. No. He's shown it to you. Right. He has trouble 
getting back in coverage. Yeah. But you know where Grant Delbert doesn't have trouble? In the box. Anywhere near the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He's so good there. Right. And he's athletic. Right. And he kind of plays like a linebacker. Sure. But you can use him in coverage from a linebacker position, and he's going to be great. Sure. Yep. I love that idea. Yeah. I like that idea, too. So, yeah. Am I a little... I, I want to give so much credit. Cordero Patterson is maybe one of my favorite players in the NFL. Yeah. From what he came from, gadget player, like almost less than a Josh Cribs. Like you're only going to go in on certain circumstances to, hey, you're a running back. We're going to give you the ball every play and you're going to make things happen. The admiration I have for this guy is great. Yeah. Uh, but the Browns have to win this game. They do. They have to win this game. This is this is not a good Falcon team. It's not. It's just, much like the Jets. Yeah. The Brown. The difference is the Browns have to learn their lesson from that Jets game, and just come out and dominate this Falcons team like you should. Right. And right. if you just come out and play your game as the Browns, you'll dominate this Falcons team, and you'll be done with it, and you'll move on. You'll be three and one on the year. Completely. And true. then, and the last thing I want to talk about with you, Chad. The rest of this schedule looks real different than it did like four weeks ago. Sure. Because then you're going to go into a Chargers game. That whole team is hurt. Yeah. Including Justin Herbert. Yeah. A healthy Chargers team, and this is a much different, but an injured Chargers team? Yeah. This is, this is a very, this all of a sudden, this has turned into a very winnable game. You've got teams coming up against, you've got games coming up against the Chargers. They're all hurt. Right. How about the Patriots? They're not going to have their quarterback for that game. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots, okay. the Patriots got a good defense, but they don't, they, they, their offense is atrocious. Their starting quarterback already isn't very good. And now they're going to have a backup quarterback. Right. Brian Hoyer. Hoyer to the destroyer, baby. Oh, Jesus. There's a lot of injuries going on in the AFC right now that you're going to get into that portion of the season. And uh, it, I think it might benefit us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, outside of uh, uh, honestly, outside of Buffalo, I mean, even with the Jordan Jordan Poyer in this, uh, injury, that team is still very, very, very good. It's one of the deepest teams in the league. But outside of Jordan Poyer, uh, outside of Buffalo, I, I there isn't a game until Deshaun comes back that I, I just don't see as not winnable. I, I, I agree. Is not winnable. I agree. All right, so Chad, I I came up with something that I thought was kind of fun. I want to do it before we get out of here. Yeah, yeah, and good. So I'm glad you're deciding to do it because I wrote down stuff. <laughs> this isn't this isn't my this isn't like a draft per se. So I'm gonna let you do your five teams first and then I'll do my five and we'll see if we have anything that's the same. Okay. So we talked a little bit about this Cleveland Guardians team. One of the most likable teams I think that I can remember. It's what got me thinking. What are the most likable teams that I can think of? Sure. So me and Chad are gonna do our top five. Sure. Top five most likable teams that we can remember in our lifetimes. And we'll compare and contrast them. It's Again, it's not a draft. It's not a contest. We'll just compare and contrast. And in the comments, jump in the comments and let us know what your like most likable teams are. And sure. we'll shout you out. So, sure. Chad, why don't you go? What are your five most likable teams? Well, I'd like to preface this by saying, if there, you know, any Browns fans in the comments or anything, just know. Just know, okay? Dad's side of the family was from Chicago. Mom's side of the family was from Cleveland. 
dad also played in the Astros organization. So I'm going to mention a couple teams here. I don't want anybody getting mad at me. Okay. That's fair. It's fair for any of this stuff. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start with the two teams that, you know, aren't from Cleveland. Uh, I'm going to start with the 2005 Astros. The 2005 Astros started 15 and 30. And it's again, you're going to notice a theme here because for most of these teams, because I, I love like I love scrappy, just just dig your nails in the dirt, like dirty work, just hard work in teams. So I don't have very I have very few dominant teams on this. But the 2005 Astros, the things that they faced again, they lost Carlos Beltran to the Mets. They offered him Mike. They offered him more money than any yeah. other Astro had ever been offered at that time. So and they also lost Jeff Kent. Lance Berkman went down with a knee injury for most yes. of the first half of the year. Jeff Bagwell in May had surgery. So, I mean, these guys started 15 and 30 because of all of this adversity. They were 44 and 43 at the All-Star break. They scrapped their way to over 500. Then they went 21 and 11 down the stretch and, and, and made the playoffs and, and got all the way to the World Series. And what got them all the way to that World Series was 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 the rotation. Yeah. And, and, and let me let me hear. Let me let me just run down this rotation real quick for you. Roy Oswalt. Okay. Yep. 2.94 ERA. Andy Pettit, 2.39. 43-year-old Roger Clemens. 43-year-old doped up Roger Clemens. That's fine. One, it's cool with me. 1.87 yeah. ERA. And then Brad Lidge, which has had a, just a dominant year as a closer that year. So the two Except for that home run he gave up against uh, right. uh, Albert Pujols in right. the playoffs. That was a disaster. Right. right. So the 2005 Astros. Uh, 2006 Bears. Okay. My dad okay. loved the 85 Bears, okay? Loved them. I grew up on them. He told me he, he, he recorded video cassettes. Like, I watched them ever since I was a kid. This 2006 Bears team was basically my lifetime, my, my version of the 85 Bears because yes. this was the team I could remember. I mean, you had the likes of their offense. Sucked. They sucked. Cedric Benson, <laughs> Thomas Davis was fine. But you had the likes of Erlocker, Briggs, Tillman, Ayabadejo, Tommy Harris, Devin Hester, Devin fucking Hester. All right, returning kicks. Yeah. You know, this team gave up 10 points or less six times, and they also had two, two shutouts. It was a dominant defense. They went 13-3. and three. So those are the two. Uh, damn, yeah, they lost in the Super Bowl, but those are the two outside. So now my Cleveland teams, 2016 Cavs, obvious reasons. <laughs> the 2002 uh, Browns, because scrappy. Kelly Holcomb. <laughs> it's Kelly Holcomb. They, they clawed. They, they, again, they clawed their way to the playoffs. I was at the Run William Run game. I loved that team and just the way they battled. And then you, to your, well, to maybe somebody's surprised, but the 1995 Indians. Okay. Oh, to whose surprise? The night to, well, the, the, the thing, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's. Wahoo, what a finish. I shouldn't say surprise, surprise, but like the 1995 Indians were like, you know, like, so like the eighties, like those eighties Browns teams, right? They were great. They were terrific. They were phenomenal. But I was, I was, what eighty six? You know, I was four, five, six, and seven years old when those eighties Browns teams were great. I, I didn't, I didn't really know. I just knew everybody around me was like going nuts about them because they were great, and I loved them because they were winning. Like I didn't really like care. You know what I mean? Like as a kid, you don't care. You just see that they're winning and they're fine. Those 1990, that 1995 Indians teams, Indians team was like the first time in my lifetime a Cleveland team was actually really good. Yes. And I remembered it and I cared. And like they won 100 games that year and that lineup was insane. And so like the 1995 Indians hold a special place in my heart uh, because that was like the first team that was 
so good in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So that's your five. Uh, man, uh, and, and I agree with Boomer here. This 2022 Guardians team is knocking on the door of my top five. What they've done this year, they're knocking on the door. Absolutely. They're knocking on the door. But I would be remiss if I didn't start. The, the, my favorite my favorite team of all time at this point is the 2016 Cavs. You're the Cleveland team that won the championship in my lifetime. Yeah. I'm 37 years old, and you're the one Cleveland team that won a championship in my lifetime. You're the one that gave me one before I die. <laughs> yeah, the one yes, exactly. I, <laughs> I, will, I will always remember where I was. When the Cleveland team won the championship before I died, I will remember getting phone. I, I was in the Caribbean. I was on a cruise when it happened. I will remember getting calls from my mom, pictures from the parade. My mom was at the parade. My, my, I don't know, 66 year old mother was taking selfies at the parade with Kevin Love in the background. I will remember that forever. So my top team in my lifetime, my top team forever is the 2016 Cavs. I worked the game seven watch party that night and it was just, I'd never holistic. I never hugged so many strangers. I went to game six. I was at game six. Yeah. Best sporting event I've ever been to in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter what you have to say about it, if you're an NFL fan or an NBA fan or an NHL fan or a baseball fan or whatever, 2016 Cavs, number one team for me. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to go to the 1990 Cleveland Indians. <laughs> There's nothing really about them that makes you any kind of excited. But that was Sandy Alomar's rookie year. And to me, that year was the start of what ended up happening in 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. Sandy Alomar was the first guy. He was the first cog. And if you'll remember, in his first at bat at home in Cleveland, Sandy Alomar hit a home run. Are you holding a plastic spoon? No, I'm holding a bottle opener. Okay. But we're talking about Candy Maldonado, Corey Snyder, Jerry Brown, uh, Keith Hernandez. uh, Bud Black was the opening day starter. Uh, I loved that team. And it was, it was really Sandy Alomar for that reason. He got them off to where they went. So I'm going to go 1990 Cleveland, Cleveland Indians. Now I'm going to name a couple Browns teams. The 2007 Cleveland Browns. That team was awesome. 10 and six. The only reason that team didn't make the playoffs was Jim fucking Sorgi for the Indianapolis Colts. The team goes 10 and six. They were a blast. You had Jamal Lewis just running everywhere. You had Braylon Edwards and, and Kellen Winslow. And I don't even like to say his name because of what he's done. Say what you will about him. But honestly, that dude was a fucking player, dude. Yes. It didn't matter. Three, four people on him in coverage. That dude was coming down with the ball. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Every time. That team was 
the fact that they didn't make the playoffs. Derek Anderson was great that year. I know everybody gives him shit about that game against Cincinnati that they should have won. And he blew it because he had like three interceptions in that game. But Derek Anderson was good that year. Braylon Jamal Edwards. Lewis. Had his one good year, Braylon. <laughs> yeah, but Braylon was great in that year. Uh, there was just so much good to that year. And it was so much of a fun year that it deserves to be called out. Then I'm going to go with the, the Browns year, my first Browns year that I remember. And that was the 1989 Cleveland Browns. That's the team that went to the AFC championship game. We all know what happens there. But that's what made me a Browns fan. I was four. I was four years old. I didn't go to any Browns games that year. But you know what I do remember? I remember every Sunday was an event at my house. Yeah. Every Sunday, it was cousins. It was uncles. It was neighbors. It was friends. It was dog bone cookies. It was chicken wings and and whatever. You didn't you didn't do anything on Sundays. You went to somebody's house. If you weren't going to the game, you went to somebody's house and you watched the game with a large group of people. That year, 1989, is what cemented my Browns fandom. The name of this podcast is after uh, my Browns fandom watching ever since I was a kid. You went to somebody's right. house, Mike. We went to somebody's garage. It was, it was it, it, you know, in the wintertime, they had space heaters. But it, there was still a party. There was still food. There was yes. still... There was still kids playing. We we played football at, in in the snow in the, in the front yard, but we, at halftime and before the games, and, and you know all right, the all the right. men, you know drinking beers in the garage watching games. The name of this podcast is for that very reason. Man, dog bone cookies. Yeah, everybody knows what that. If you're a Browns fan, you know about dog bone cookies. You've had them. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine Browns. Love that team. And then I'm gonna give my last one to. The 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> Craig Krenzel. Yeah. yeah. Mo Hall, our buddy. Maurice Claret. Michael Jenkins, our buddy. Yeah. Dustin Fox and, 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 and all these dudes that won the national championship. But it wasn't just that they won the national championship. It was the way they did it. You barely got by a Cincinnati team. And that was not, these weren't the days where Cincinnati was like a, a powerhouse. They weren't good. You barely got by them. You barely got by Purdue. You, you see a little boomer, Holy Buckeye. Craig Grenzel to Michael Jenkins, Holy Buckeye. And the perv Brent Musburger calling that. You got an overtime game against Illinois. Illinois sucked, but you had to go to overtime to beat them. You've got, Mo Hall has told this story multiple times on our show. A play that you haven't run all season. You run against Michigan to win the game. Mo Hall game-winning touchdown to get to the, to the championship game. 
And then that championship game. Maurice Claret running down Sean Taylor and stealing the ball out of his arms. The, the pass interference. Argue it all you want. The, the final stand at the end of the game. That Ohio State Buckeyes team was, it was, it was fire. It was lightning. It was every week was a heart attack. And every week was a blast. Yeah. I love that team. Yeah. No, I agree. Good stuff. I mean, obviously the O2 Buckeyes are up there for me as well. But uh, yeah. I mean, All right. Yeah. Random, and let me know if you have any, Chad. Random honorable mentions. Uh, 20, 2007 uh, Indians. Hafner and uh, Sizemore and uh, CC and Roberto Hernandez. Those guys were awesome. See, they were awesome. I didn't like that team. I didn't. What do you mean you didn't like that team? See, like, well, I mean, I guess I, I did like that team, but that's a team, like, I, I never thought, like, I thought the sun shined on a dog's ass with that team. Like, I didn't think that team was set up to to, to win any more in the future. Like, uh, okay, maybe, but that team was awesome. That team was fun. That that that, that team was fun. It was. Uh, honorable mention, like Boomer said here, the 2016 Tribe, Game 7 of the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rajay Davis 100%. and uh, bringing in Coco Crisp to just, like, solidify the outfield. And then Coco Crisp was, was like the main reason you beat Boston yeah. in that series. Like that's that, that team. <coughs> oh, I'm sneezing. That team was awesome. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, other, other honorable mentions. I mean, the, 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 the 98 Buckeyes. Uh, oh yeah. The 98 Buckeyes. I mean, it just, it, it felt, even though, even with that big loss to Michigan State, it felt so good to beat Michigan. And then the way they beat Jake the Snake in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So the 98 Buckeyes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I can think of off the top of my head right now. I mean, well, I mean, any of those 90s Cavs teams, I, I loved Mark. Oh, Price, Terrell Brandon. I love Terrell Brandon. Like any of those 90s Cavs. Sean Kemp. Loved those guys. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's get out of here, Chad. We're a little, we're over already, but we had such a fun time yeah, tonight. We couldn't, fun, yeah. we couldn't stop it. So the last segment that we do on our show, we always want to end on a positive note. So we're going to end with our cheers of the week. Normally it's three cheers of the week, but Joe has got to be up at three 30 in the morning for a flight. So we gave him the night off. So it's just going to be our two cheers of the week. So Chad, you got a cheer of the week. First off, what the shit, Joe, I got to be up 15 minutes after you. You could have been here. The hell? Uh, yeah. Don't gripe. Dickhead. <laughs> all right chad what's your cheer uh, yeah my cheers goes to uh, trent shurfield's behold no um no i'm just kidding uh god almighty uh i think my cheers goes to jacoby Brissett. uh you just to what a way what a way you've 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 run this team i mean you've really taken the reins uh of this team and you're and you're, you're not doing too much and you're you're so under control and you I, I just I got a great feeling that we're going to be in a great spot by the time Deshaun comes back. So cheers to you, Jacoby. I love that. I love that. Uh, I'm going to be uh, like a dad for a minute. Oh, and God. if you're from Ohio, I want to give you a suggestion. If you can make it, if you got little kids, especially Chad, I'm speaking to you, man. Ram Sayer Farm. Yes. Why did you know that? Because I saw it on your Facebook. Oh, you bitch. Oh, sorry. Uh, Listen, if you're from Ohio, Columbus or Cleveland, 
and you're you're like relatively close to Worcester, like an hour-ish, go. There's a place called Ramsayer Farms. If you have kids, go. I had more fun. I had so much fun on Sunday at this Ramsayer Farm. You know, it's like a, a like a pumpkin patch kind of place. Right. I had so much fun at this place. I can't even tell you. I had that much fun, and my kids had even more fun. My son is like, when are we going back? When are we going back? That place was amazing. So, Chad, you called it out, but you got two little kids. Yeah. Get your ass in the car, drive down to Worcester, and go to Ramsayer Farms. The place is great. I will. I will. I've been to Patterson. I'll go to Ramsayer Farms. No, it's, no Patterson's way. It's not even close. Okay. It's not even in the ballpark. Okay. All right, Mike. Jesus. You know what? We'll go with you. We'll okay. go with you. All right. Here, Cheers to pumpkin patches. Because okay. it's that time of the year. Cheers to pumpkin patches. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. Uh, we've gone a little over. We uh, we really appreciate all of you guys that have stuck on with us all night. Uh, the last thing we do for the night is our thank you. So first of all, huge thank you goes out to our special guest, uh, Jonathan DeMuth from the Blue Jackets. He is one of the, the minds, the creators, the editors, the producers behind uh, uh, behind the battle. Uh, the show that is just sweeping Blue Jackets nation by storm. Jonathan DeMuth, it was great to have him on to talk about his experience uh, with Behind the Battle. Our next thank you goes out to the OBR. Our network, man. We love the OBR. We love that they let us come on on Tuesday nights and just take over and run this shit wild. But Monday nights, earlier Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, Saturdays during the day, during Browns games. The best Browns coverage you're going to get happens right here on the Orange and Brown Report. So make sure you are tuned in to the OBR. Thank you to the OBR for hosting us. And our last thank you, as always, goes out to you. If you joined us live here tonight, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you making the comments section uh, electric, electric tonight. If you are listening to us later or watching us on demand, we appreciate you. We love you for your support. Make sure you are following the Garage Beers podcast on all social medias at the at the Garage Beers and make sure you are following the OBR at the OBR everywhere as well. So that's going to do it for us for uh, Chad Meyer over there on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers. Chad, a.k.a. at CBJ, 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 CBJ. Yeah. I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers Mike. And for our buddy that wasn't here tonight, Joey Whalen at Garage Beers Joe, make sure you're following the show. Come follow us, and we will have a good time. We will see you next week for episode number 135. Cheers, everybody.